guys are a very quick study. It's going to be great. Okay. All right, uh, let's open our worship today with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for this morning. We thank you again, Lord, that we are called here, whether it be in the sanctuary or whether we are listening from wherever we happen to be, we are called to be here, not by accident, or by chance, or by anything else except for your gospel, for the good news about Jesus Christ. And today, Lord, as we learn about what it means to be baptized in your name, we pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would enlighten us, that you would give us the capacity and the ability to hear and to, uh, as it is said, Lord, to inwardly digest these things. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you, Father, and you, by what we have done and by what we are about to
given his son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening hymn, I Bind Unto Myself Today. It's number 604, verses 1 through 3. the undivided unity. I have set the Lord always before me. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. You make known to me the path of life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed be the Holy Trinity and the undivided unity. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. 
For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity and the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, Everything that has the breath of life have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. This is the word of our Lord. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. On your wondrous works I will meditate. Our second reading comes from Acts chapter 2. Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out, this, out to you this, yourselves as are seeing and hearing. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, whom you crucified. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand.
chapter. Please read the gospel together with me. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing our next hymn, the hymn of the day, Baptized into Your Name Most Holy. That's hymn number 590.
Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, grace. Sorry, I just didn't realize that. Grace, not that grace, although she's great. Jesus, grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from both the Old Testament and the Gospel lesson that was just read. So as always, please have your bulletin in front of you because we'll be referring to it as we go along here this morning. I cannot take credit for uh, the majority of my sermon today. I actually, in preparation for this particular text, I was doing some research and I came across an article on a website called 1517. I've referred to it before. And the guy that wrote the article about the Great Commission text is a pastor by the name of John Bombaro, and you can find it there if you want more in-depth um, sort of research on this text. So I needed to say that at the start. The Great Commission in Matthew chapter 18 is a text that all of us probably know, and we all probably know it really well. We could probably just about say it by heart. But my goal today is that by the time that we get done with this morning's sermon, that every time that you read about the Great Commission, every time that you hear it, that you never think of it in the same way again. I remember exactly where I was when all three of our kids were named. When we named the first, Mark Jacob, you know him as MJ, we were sitting in one of our favorite restaurants having something to eat and we started talking about what we were going to name our firstborn and so we went through a bunch of names and the name Mark Jacob came to light named after his grandpa and of course his dad. I remember too where we were, the exact place where we were when we named Bradley. Bradley, we were sitting in the hospital room on just a checkup, and we were, we were waiting for the doctor to come back, and so we, had, we were just going through a bunch of names that we had thought of, and we settled on the name Bradley. And I remember exactly where we were when we thought of Emma's name. We were in our, our home at 215 North Main Street in Freistadt, Missouri. And I can tell you, as I'm sure any parent will, that trying to come up with a name for a child is kind of hard. It's difficult because you want it to be just right. And there is so much that goes in to naming a human being. You don't want it to be overly fancy. I mean, maybe you do, but you also don't want it to be dull, and you don't want it to be this, and you don't want it to be that, but it just, it just right down the middle of the road is where you want the name to be just perfect. And so we spend a lot of time and sometimes a lot of angst coming up with the names for our kids. Names mean something to us, too, on a little bit of a different level. Most of you in here, I would assume, are St. Louis Cardinals fans. So, when you wear your Cardinals hat or your Cardinals shirt or your Cardinals hoodie or whatever it is, your Cardinals license plate holder, you want people to know that. And so people identify you with being a Cardinals fan, especially Cubs fans. 
But we do this so often. Whether it's the name of the sports team that we follow and support, whether it's the name of the college that we have put on the back of our, its, its name that we have put on the back of our car or whatever it is, whether it's the clothes that we buy, the name that it says on it, we all do it. Because we want to be associated by whatever that name is. And people, we know that people will associate and think of us in, in a certain way by whatever name that we happen to, to be wearing or bearing at that particular time. In the Old Testament, a person's name was a really big deal, a really, really big deal. And their name, as I read, was attached to the person's character and reputation. In fact, a person's life was inseparable from their name. Proverbs 22 says that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Ecclesiastes says that a good name is better than precious ointment. Your parents told you, growing up, to be careful of the company that you keep. And the reason why they told you that is because they probably knew the people, or at least knew of the people that you were wanting to hang out with. And they know that whoever it is that you associate yourself with, you automatically get lumped in to that name. So your parents were always very, very sure and wanted you to be very careful with the company that you kept. Fall into the wrong crowd with the wrong reputation. You might, be, you might not participate in anything bad that those folks are doing, but you are what? You're guilty by association. They may not be your name, but that name then gets attached to you. You see how this works. And incredibly, as the author writes, I'm just going to quote him because it's great, an incredibly cosmic event took place when Jesus gave his disciples the command to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in order to understand why he did it, we have to go all the way back to, to the beginning. We just read in the Old Testament lesson for this morning that when God makes Adam, he makes him what? He makes him how? In his own image. And in the Hebrew and in Scripture, to be given the image of God is inseparable, is no different than being given God's name. And so God, I'm sorry, and so Adam is made in the image of God. He is made in God's name. We could also say is made into God's name. He is given God's name to bear. It is across his chest, it is across his head, it is everywhere, it is especially inside of his heart. And then he allows his, his wife to bear a different name. We all know how the story goes. They eat of the tree that they were not supposed to. And then suddenly, everything shatters and it breaks. And the image of God that was placed upon Adam is lost. God's name is lost upon Adam. 
he doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't bear it anymore because you have to be perfect. You have to, be, you have to, you have to, to continue in God's image in order to bear his name. And so for centuries, think about this. This is just, is, to me, it gives me goosebumps. For centuries, after this happens, people are searching for a new name. They, they continue to search for, and they continue, and they continue. For generations, we still do it today. Again, by the name, by, by the stuff that, that we wear on our clothes, by the stuff that we put on our cars, by the stuff that we put on social media, whatever it is, we are continually searching for a name because that name was lost when the image of God was lost in us. Again, in Scripture, to be made in the image of God and to bear His name are one in the same. Now, this isn't in your bulletin, but in Genesis chapter 3, God says this. In the English, it says that God, after Adam falls, God says, we, we, need, to, we need to kick him out. We need to kick him out of the Garden of Eden because, unless he, be, I'm sorry, lest, it says, lest he becomes like one of us. But the Hebrew is more precise. The Hebrew literally says he has become like a lonely one. Exiled. No longer having any center, no longer having any, if you want to put it like this, no longer having any direction, any north star. Man no longer has any direction at all. He has become a lonely one. Exiled from me. And so God kicks him, God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden, and there they go, and they wander without God's name. And for centuries, their descendants after them continue to wander and continue to flub up and, and continue to try to find all kinds of different names. The, God's people tried to do it themselves. We know the story of the golden calf. We need something. We need something to worship, something like this. So they, they craft this golden calf, and then they attach their, themselves to the name of this calf. There are so many different gods that the people falsely worship. Centuries upon centuries upon centuries upon centuries upon centuries. And then finally, God's Son comes. And, the, and according to Matthew, anyway, the last thing that he tells his disciples in Matthew is what? Go now and baptize into my name. Ooh. Go now, wash them clean, and put my name in them. Again, literally into. Go, therefore, at the... English says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But again, the, the original language is more precise. Literally baptize into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go and give them my name 
again. Do you see just the, 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 the cosmic event that this is going all the way back to when Adam and Eve lost God's name? The Son comes and is born, lives, crucified, dies, risen again, and the last thing, according to Matthew, the last thing that he tells his followers, the people who are going to go build the church, it's time. Now, go and baptize, go wash, go make clean, go wash their sins away and give them once again my name. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Bring them into the life of the triune God once again. And so when somebody is baptized into this, this font, or, or any font, or any river, or wherever it happens to be, a cosmic event is occurring. Because that child or that person, that adult, that baby, whoever it is, is being given once again the name that was lost upon them. You are baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, we, we kind of keep searching. We've continued this search even though we are baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying that putting a bumper sticker of your favorite team on your car is wrong. I have one, right? But what I am saying is, is that we need to be careful that, that we do not associate our name, God's name, with that. Another way to put that, don't get your worth from the other stuff, from the clothes and the cars and anything else that we think gives us a certain degree of status. Because the only name that matters is the name that you and I were baptized into. The name that was lost and in Christ Jesus has once again been found. And then here's what's here, again, just God doesn't stop there. So when we partake of his body and blood... It is literally, we are literally ingesting the name of the triune God. So God comes to us here. He comes to us in water and the word. And then in communion, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then he comes in to us. A lot goes into naming someone, as we've said. My wife and I went through lots of different names before naming the three kids that we have. And my hope and my prayer for you this morning is that you leave here never looking at the Great Commission the same way again. And that you know that the Lord of heaven and earth set on a course from the day that we lost his name to give it to us again. That the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, holy, 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 Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the day that we lost his name, he became consumed with one thing, giving us his name again. And so this is why we only baptize once, because God only needs once 
to give us his name again, to be baptized into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Washing us in the blood of the Son, he baptized us into his name, into the, name, into the only name that saves us. And I leave with these, with these last two thoughts. If you have not been baptized, if there's somebody here that has not been baptized yet, come and find me. Let me know. Let's get it done. Because this is not just for being given the name of God is not just for people that have a certain level of intellect. It's not for people who have somehow understood what their faith means. No, God is giving it to you because, he, because you belong to him, because he is creator and you are creation, and he longs, is consumed to give you his name because that's where your worth is found. And I want, and just think about, about this really, really quick. When everything else is lost, there's a, there's a family in our school that in the last eight months has gone through more than anything I could ever possibly imagine. A brother-in-law passed away. A brother passes away. Husband passes away. Father passes away in eight months. Eight months. And so when everything else is lost and everything else gets stripped down to its bare, what's left? The only thing that can be left, the only thing that should be left, where our worth is found, being baptized into God's name. For that is where our worth is found. And as I talked to that family this last week, that was the hope that I gave them. That your worth is found not in the stuff that you have, even in your precious families. Your worth is found here and here and the name that lives in here. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. If you have your Athanasian Creed in front of you on your sheet, please have that in front of you. If you do not, it's on page 319 in your hymnal. And we will confess the faith of our triune God together using the Athanasian Creed. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will without doubt perish eternally. And the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal the majesty co-eternal, such as the Father is, such as the Son, and such as the Holy Spirit.
the Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit. cannot be saved. Please be seated. 
At this time, we would normally gather our tithes and offerings in the pews, uh, but instead we, uh, we will use this time just to remind everyone, uh, for those of you that are here, if you have not seen it yet, you can drop your offering or tithe off in the basket that is in the narthex. And there are also three other ways uh, to give. You can go to the website, that's trinity1874.com, and in the upper right-hand corner is a donate button that you can click on. Uh, the second way is to uh, drop your tithe off into the offering basket that is right outside of the office here, or you may bring it into the office and give it to Jennifer if you wish. And the third way is to mail your offering into the church office. And so with that, we rise and sing the offertory. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and giving us this time to worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that through our baptism, you put your name on us, claiming us as your own. You have commanded us to go and tell others of your son to make disciples. So we ask that you give us the courage and the sense of urgency to do so. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery, those who find themselves confined to their homes for whatever reason. And so we lift up all of those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bob Yelinek, Gary Degan, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rosemarie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Little Sutton Grace, Norma, Florine, Sherry, Fawn, Hunter Gaddy, Marilyn Stewart. Lord, we lift up these people to you as well as all those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel as they answer the call for help. Father, we pray that you will watch over them. Protect them against all harm. 
strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally, in our state, and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Help them make decisions during these days that are for the good of your people. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer of thanksgiving for anniversaries and of the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony, blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage feast at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed upon Edgar and Glenda Shane, who are celebrating 54 years of marriage, as well as Bob and Susan Seninger, who will be celebrating 39 years of marriage. Can you continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past? Be their health, strength, and refuge, and life, as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy, we offer up a special prayer for our country during these times. Heavenly Father, God of peace and harmony, you would have your children on earth live together in peace and quietness. Despite our sins of rebellion against you, you continue to bless our great nation in countless ways every day. Frustrate the plans of all men who would stir up disunity, strife, and hatred. Help us by your word and spirit to crucify our sinful flesh and to root out the desire that would lead to strife and worry in this nation. Create peace where there is hatred, truth where there is denial, unity where there is discord. Mercifully hear our prayer and grant us peace and healing in our days. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, we offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Give us a fuller measure of faith in the promise of your word. Grant that we may live trustingly one day at a time, knowing that you will not fail us, that you are in control of all things. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose again from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns today is number 507 in the Lutheran service book, Holy, 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 number 507.
And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And the Lord bless you and keep you May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. We sing our final hymn, I bind unto myself today, the last two verses, verses 4 and 5. That's, number, that's hymn number 604. Just a few announcements before we close with worship today. 
First of all, the Friendship Club meeting for June, uh, I've been told, has been canceled for this month. Secondly, the new member class will start next month in July with myself, with Pastor Jake. Anyone who is interested in becoming a member in our church or learning about the Lutheran faith, please contact me at the church office or by my email. That's waterandtheword, all one word, at outlook.com. Waterandtheword at outlook.com. Graduation Recognition Sunday will be on June 28th. This includes the 8th grade, high school, and college graduates in 2020. For the graduates who want to be recognized, please see the parish caller on what information the church office needs. And then finally, Confirmation Reunion Sunday will be on July 12th. The confirmation roll call can be found in the narthex. I thank you all for coming to worship this morning, and I pray that each of you have a very, very blessed week. It's been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Christ at Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on ChristAtRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things.